Hey guys, before we uh, get into episode 84, I just want to let you guys know that um, it was a little choppy. Um, we didn't have the best Wi-Fi connection uh, between all three of us. So it's, it's just a little choppy. Um, so please bear with us. Uh, Caleb and I are definitely um, at the point where we're exploring different options. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, we definitely know getting close to episode 100 or doing this as long as we have um, that we definitely got to invest a little bit in the quality. So um, we are working on something behind the scenes, guys. So please be patient with us. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thanks for everyone that's been listening and supporting us. And, um, you know, every every Monday, it's, it's, it's the same group of people. So um, just want to say thank you again, guys, for being patient with us as we uh, continue to drop these episodes and, and continue to to bring value, you know, telling stories of entrepreneurs and uh, business-minded people um, to help inspire you guys, right? Inspire us. Uh, so yeah, again, I just want to put that out there. Thanks again, everybody. But yeah, just it, this episode's uh, I'm a little choppy. We didn't have the best internet, um, Wi-Fi, excuse me, um, this episode. So it's it's a little choppy. So uh, we apologize and and just know that Caleb and I are. We know we need to invest a little bit. So um, more to come. Thanks again, guys. Bye. Or enjoy episode 84. Great. Great morning, everybody. Great, great morning. This is episode 84. Caleb, how you feeling, man? Good morning. Um, episode 84. I I got a question for you. I usually ask you a question that kind of sets you off. Do you think you'll say great morning on every episode? Or will you ever change it up? Are you ever going to bring energy into the intro? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Question with a question, that's good. Reminds me I've never split the difference. All right. I was was ready to pounce all over you with that week. Good morning. And then you went and asked me that question. I was like, okay, I'm just fine. I'm just saving my voice right now. Just saving my voice. Oh, I figure. Okay. I got a lot to say. So I got to save it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, How's the week? I'm I'm great, man. How how was your last week? Um, Last week was good. I think I've put in so many hours. First time since like March where I was just slammed. And then um, I was doing physical therapy. The other day, um, for my knee, pushing some sleds, started to make some progress. It's been good. Okay, that's great, bro. That's what that's what I like to hear. How many times have you been at the construction site? <laughs> <laughs> Every day. I've been I've been getting notifications on when I need to go, and uh, then okay. I, and then I go. But I, I plan to be there like at least once a week. Um, sure. Trust me, the. The emails flying. Um, I'm in. It's like I'm there every day. It's all good. No yeah. worries. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else, dude? Nah, I man. You ready to rock? 
Are you going to Florida this week? I am. I will be in Florida this week. Where? Uh, for We're going what? to Miami. Ooh. Where? Uh, just business or just cuz or? No, no business, man. Just pleasure. Try to stay off my phone. I'll tell you that. If it, oh, is is that is that a FII for me? It's like, cool, don't be texting. No, you know, you're uh, you're the thing. least of my you're the least of my worries down oh. there. <laughs> well, yeah, so so doesn't even care about me. It's just like, yeah, Coop's Coop's little fish. Don't it's, talk to him. The, no, talk. there's just man. Uh, it's funny. The old joke in real estate is if you need some clients, plan a trip. Yeah, yeah, I because... yeah. I think it was, you were, was it you and Joey that said that? I think. I th- <laughs> we're gonna ask. We're gonna ask today's guest about that too. See what he says. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. All right. All right, Cooper. Bring in our next guest. Great morning, everybody. Uh, on today's episode, uh, we have an individual who has been uh, fortunate to serve families in the Twin City and with the real estate needs since 2002. Um, In addition to his real estate services that he provides, he also uh, specializes in new construction homes. Um, As he began his career selling in the home building industry, and he continues to represent buyers and sellers with their new home sales. Uh, Early on in his career, he uh, created a, um, experience and believe that um, buyers having a good understanding of the process was key and that approach um, in educating and keeping his clients updated uh, continues to help him and his clients do their transactions. Uh, he enjoys working with people and working in this industry and he hopes that his enthusiasm helps to create a fun experience for all. And outside of real estate, uh, he enjoys the outdoors with his wife and his two boys, um, either untangling fish lines, uh. looking for nature, or otherwise wearing out. Love it. Caleb, he sounds like a better uh, realtor than you. He is, first of all. Okay. Sounds, um, sounds, okay, just chill. Hang on. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Nathan Chaika. Thank Did you. I get it. You, you got did it. it, man. You oh, did it. You man. got it. I, that was like, I was like, okay, better get this, Coop. Better get <laughs> Welcome to the show, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. That was, a, that was a great introduction. Are we good? Are we done now? Yeah, that's, <laughs> the, right that's, that's the show. That's we the show? appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but w- one more question. Nathan, tell us a little bit more, you know, off the cuff, who you are, what you do, why you do it. Uh, well, so as Cooper said, I'm, uh, I'm a realtor here in the twin cities. Um, why I do it seems, you know, he nailed it in there too. It started in 2002, pretty fresh, just shortly after I got out of college. Um, probably now because of old dog, new tricks, you know, just, I've, I've kind of settled in. Um, but really it's, it's, uh, you know, it sounds corny, but it's, it's just, passionate about it i love doing it i my favorite part about this industry is just showing houses just using throughout all these years in the industry and show people what might be a 
end of a house and what might be a lemon of a house. And I'm no home inspector by any means, but I, it's just, it's fun for me to just get in there and try to read your clients. You know, are they lighting up over this thing? Is this house singing to them? Is it not? Is it time to go? Is there a weird cat? There? You know, it's, it's just, it's fun. So I, mm. I, 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 I'm one of those people that has no problem waking up and cracking open the laptop because I just, it's fun. So um, that's awesome. I have to ask though. So you said you started right out of college. Um, I don't know a whole lot of individuals that have done that, you know, college, I feel like gears you towards, um, ha- you know, getting a job, get that uh, JLB. Get, get, yeah, getting a job right out of college. So what what made Nathan um, not do that? Um, two things. Luck was one of them. Uh, <laughs> the other one is I am not a um, – which is different. That I'm not disorganized. Uh, I go into all my meetings. I'm always prepared. But I've never had an answer to that question of where you see yourself in five years. Never once in my life. Mm-hmm. Um I, but I, you know, I, I grew up in a small town. I, my parents along a, a heck of a, um, example of what a work ethic is. So I always worked a lot of jobs while I was in college and, um, a lot of them were construction jobs. I framed houses was a, one of my main ones. And I just, I could, I learned how to build and I, I got out of college, had no plan at all. I, I mean, I didn't go to college to get geared for a job because once I realized that I wasn't going to make it through college unless I naturally got, I was going to be skipping class and going fishing, you know, um, <laughs> I wasn't very disciplined. Major. I, I, I could, I could take, I could take English classes and get through them and get all A's. They were easy for me. I was a really good writer. Um, reading was good, but I, I had no idea what I was going to do with an English major. I just wanted to finish college so I, my parents wouldn't be disappointed. Um, so I moved down to the cities with and met the landlord on the front steps of a house in Uptown, and he took two fifty of it. And that's uh, crazy. I yeah, I'm still commuting back to St. Cloud area. I went to St. John's University, so that frame okay. crew I was at was building houses around St. Cloud and Sock Rapids and stuff, and. I was driving back there and framing houses and then driving back to the cities at night um, just to make it work. And, you know, I did some other kind of crazy odd jobs down in the cities for a while, uh, while I was doing that. And then it was just one day, my brother-in-law who was a worked at the, in the marketing department, one of these big national home builders. He said, I think you should apply for this. I think you'd be good at it. You know, already know houses. He goes, our salespeople don't, build houses so they're always getting our construction crews in trouble promising things that are too late and things and why don't you come interview and uh i didn't get that job but i like the prospects of it enough to go and get my real estate license and then um i just you know harassed that sales manager until somebody had finally quit and she was sick of me calling about every st cloud and uh, (laughs) i got that job so it it was luck it was, I mean, if my, if I, if I don't have that conversation with my brother-in-law one Chris, it, it, I don't know what I'd be doing. Um, but it's kind of, I've never been a planner, never had 
like the plan on what I was going to go do, but you know, if you, if you know how to work hard and, and just, I don't know, keep your spirits up and keep moving through things, there's going to be opportunity that comes and, you know, maybe it was going to be a terrible opportunity. Maybe I would have been terrible at it, but um, once I got in there, I, I, you know, it was kind of a sponge. I didn't know anything, but they trained me on that. And, um, you know, that was 2002 and the market was doing pretty well and kind of led to uh, just selling for those big new home builders, sitting in a sales office and having people come in and in lots and going through plans and options. Long-winded answer, but that's that's how I kind of got here. Not just, you know, going to work and trying to figure things out. A couple things. Um, appreciate you sharing. The fact that uh, rent in Uptown, Uptown was 250 a month, is that true? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, um, <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, yeah, 250 a week, I mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> also I, I love the part of your story where, um, you know, you're just really persistent and just kept bugging, you know, that sales manager until she gave you a job. Um, I don't know the stats per se to, you know, working for a, a builder, but I assume they're not that much better than just your regular old real estate agent. I think it's 85% of them start the business and quit the business in the first year. Um, did you have any hardships first starting out where you were like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this or, or maybe when I know you had some hardships, um, you know, what made you keep going? Oh, Saturday and Sunday mornings were hard. Um, because I was young, <laughs> you know, we had a huge group of bunch of houses in uptown. So that, that was hard. Um, I, boy, that's a while back to remember, you know, with the hardship, the hardship that I can remember right away was that I, 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 w- I wasn't real outgoing at the time. I was a very young salesperson on a, on a much older sales team. And I didn't, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself to really, I probably could have in either sales meetings or, you know, there was always two people in a sales office and probably one, I, you know, for sure. One of my first um, kind of partnerships in one of those, I didn't, I didn't capitalize the way I should have or could have. Um, it was just kind of a very veteran salesperson that said, here's how I think we should split the workload and split the money and everything else. And I just went with it. Uh, but, at, you know, with anything else, you get experience and you get confidence. They, they kind of go hand in hand. So that was probably the the bigger one. One of the other ones was, I. so I did really well um, for the first couple of years over the homes. Um and then I had, I got moved in neighborhood where they didn't even have a model home built. And so you had a sales trailer, like this trailer, some floor plans on the wall and thing was kind of crappy. And Who wants to jump in the hole right first. Yeah, exactly. And you're out in this new yeah. neighborhood. You don't have a model home to show. We're hitting a price point. It was in Cottage Grove and we were hitting a price point that was higher than what was going in like Woodbury and some, you know, housing areas that should have been selling for higher. And um, that's when I got for hardship. That's when I really had to look in the mirror and think about motivation, getting there and, and, you know, you get the old dial up going in the sales trailer, right. They didn't have a high speed and the whole, there's just the scratchy sound and stuff and, and not many people through and to, to go there and to be motivated 
and to be excited and enthusiastic about what you were selling was really when it was pretty easy to just kind of fall into the trap of, um, you know, playing solitaire or so that, that was probably one of my first ones. I was pretty young at the time and I, I just try to teach myself motivate yourself when you're in a situation that sucks. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't do real well with it because it was shortly after that, that a previous division president that was there had started up a different national building company in town. And he came calling and said, you want a job selling houses? And I said, yep. So <laughs> let's get out of here. So that can be tough. What were some of the things you did to keep yourself motivated during that time? Uh, sounds bad, but you check the bank account every day. Cause I, I had sold a lot of houses going. Um, I had a huge backlog. I, I had sold 31 houses by the end of May. Jeez. And then they moved me out of that neighborhood into the trailer at the, after May. Yeah, it was, it was probably my best year to date. So I was still working with my buyers in the other neighborhood. I was still, you know, going to their construction meetings and, to stay motivated was, you know, you look at that backlog and that, you know, and you check the old Wells Fargo account balance and you say, this is why I'm here. This is what we're doing. You know, quit pouting, pick up the damn phone, make some phone calls, go up to the cold, you know, go hand out some flyers, see who you can talk to, just do something. Never know what'll work, but sitting around doesn't. So um, that, that's honestly what I, what I really had to do was just kind of reflect in the recent success that I had. It proves that it works. And so you just, the, the problem that I had there was getting people in my door because they, there was nothing for them to come for. They don't want to come and talk to a sales guy. Nobody likes to, they want to go look at a model. And I didn't have one of those. So it's really, it was, it's really it was interesting. a struggle. Yeah, it was it's, a struggle. It's, it's interesting that you looked at your backlog because, you know, um, as a realtor, if you're a part of an MLS, um, you can, you know, you log in and you can go click it, you know, what, what, what pending sales do I have, you know, coming up and, you know, I'm always, if that gets a little low, I'm always like, okay, like, have I done what I need to do lately? Like that's, it's looking a little low um, that's definitely yep. a motivator for me. Yeah, it has to be when you're in this type of position because you're, you know, we do this or a lot of us anyways. I, I do this for like, I do it for the flexibility um, for one. I do it because I don't like to be managed. I don't like to be told what to do. And I like just being the decision maker with just, I don't run a, it's just me, but I get to make all the decisions. And when you, you have to have that little bit of a worrisome look at it when you're looking at that backlog going, Oh, you know, I got to get something going now or there's no paychecks in December. Right. So, um, it's, you have to have that, uh, some of that, you know, self-startedness to you. I love, I love that. I, I love, I love the, uh, 
the bank account, you know, because uh, and thanks for sharing that. By the way, I'm, I'm pretty sure Caleb he's the first one. That is a that is a unique answer. That that is that is very unique, and uh, so I so I appreciate that. Um, now when you talk about uh, you know people like yourself, uh, and I'm sure Caleb's like that too, um, just not wanting to be managed and and basically checking yourself right and ha- having those checks and balances when you need a you know, take inventory on what you're doing. Um, like, does some of that come from seeing like how your, your parents, um, their work ethic, does some of that help? I, you know, I think, I I think that's actually, because I, you know, I've got, I've got two sisters and, uh, we different in like that type of thing, but my younger sister, well, she, she runs that hair salon um, out of her house. She's got a whole wing of her house that's dedicated to it. And she's got that attitude in her. Does not like to be told what to do. She likes to be the one deciding where her life goes. Um, my older sister has been in, in the corporate world and does very, very well. Um, so I don't know if it's, it's that as much as it's just, you know, I, I, I think it's just part of it is that I got a little bit of, it's not a little bit who we can. I got some know-it-all to me. <laughs> it's just that attitude. And I joke yeah. about it. I'm smiling right now, but I, it, it's hard. I, I, the thing I, I liked that job working for the national builders. It was, I liked meeting people I knew the houses and I just, I had, I had fun with that job. The, the hours sucked. The, the working the weekends and means was not great. Um, but I couldn't stand it when the presidents would be flying to come check on the division and all the upper management were just complete jerks for a whole week because the big wigs are coming into town and you're sitting there across your table in your office from a sale that doesn't know nearly what you know in some cases about, you know, with your neighborhood, you live it, you breathe it. You're designing the spec homes. You know who your prospects are. You know the phone calls you've been making and the conversations you've been having. They sit across from you and they're saying things that you just, in the back, God, I know crap runs downhill, but this is stupid. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, and then there's, then any, I'm assuming, there's always some politics, back office politics going on and sure. I don't have any time for it. And um, the plan was always to leave because of the hours, because of the weekends. And I saw a lot of my coworkers struggle a lot with life, with raising kids, especially. Um, my wife and I had gotten used to it because we dated, uh, <clears throat> and while we were married, early married. married. Um, it's always once we had a kid had to be done with that. Um, I have no problem working weekends and evenings but it needs to be when I decide and not because some sales person handbook handed down from a HR person in New Jersey says I can only have this many days off on the week. So um, that's really where it came from for me was just, I, I had a, I had a hard time with people telling me what to do when in my opinion, they just, they were just off the mark. Sometimes it was great leadership and great advice. And 
but sometimes it was like you couldn't wait till they left because it, it was just it was kind of uh it's kind of aggravating you know so the next part of your story sounds pretty obvious as we're going to transition into you know obviously you stopped working for those um builders and and you, you did go off on your own my question is maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit but my question is how was that transition when you started you know you're talking about someone always telling you what to do how did it go when you had to start telling yourself what to do was that difficult yeah. you know did you get rolling uh, what was that like it's stressful um because it's not it's not what you're prepared for. And I didn't go and talk to a bunch of um, regular traditional resale real estate agents to get idea of what I should be doing. Um, it's a different kind. It's, you still have stress in your life. It's just a different kind of stress and especially right away. So instead, instead of the stress of knowing I was going to have somebody coming into my sales office, being a manager figure, um, it was the stress of, How do I market? Because I didn't have to do really a lot of marketing back then. How do I do this? How do I expect some of them to trust me with the biggest purchase that they have in their life and their biggest investment when they know I haven't done it before? I've done it in a different, but I hadn't done it in the resale world. So uh-huh. it, it was, I didn't come out killing it. Um, what I did do is I started, I, I called a couple of guys that I knew that were with and started their own small custom builder and um, talked to them and started selling for them single family homes, although they were a small company and very, you know, pretty young company themselves. So there wasn't a lot of home sales, but I started selling uh, finished basements as well for them because, and, and decks and, and, you know, additions, but mostly if they had finished basement leads, that's the ones I got. Uh, and the, the, the best advice I did get from somebody was uh, just go to work every day. It's going to be different. You don't have to go to work anymore, but you need to go every day, go into the office every day, Hmm. wear nice clothes, you know, just get in the habit of, you know, on your house, looking at your laptop in your underwear, pretending to be a real estate agent. You're speaking to me right now. Yeah. So, (laughs) It was, that was the best advice I had and find yourself like where you've got time on your hands, then go to open houses, find some vacant houses to go. That's that's what I started to do. I was going to broker opens. I was going through the MLS and I'd, I don't like to put people out of their house. If it's just, you know, from my practice, but so I right. find, find vacant houses. I mean, that was the foreclosure. That was 2010, right? That was a market tank too. That's what was hard about it. Um, it was hard to try to get going and get some clients going when nobody was doing really much bad real estate because of the foreclosure crisis. So is that vacant, you know, just get good at it, practice, you know, are you going to be the tour agent where you go and this is the kitchen, (laughs) this is the backyard, (laughs) you know? Um, so I just, I, I kind of just did some, some practicey stuff, but it, it, the money, and maybe it was because of what the market was doing. And it's probably two things. It was probably that. And the fact that 
I didn't, I didn't um, market myself to my sphere back then. I just trusted that they would trust me, and that was not the right approach. Um, but I got through. It, it, it was stressful, but once you know, once things kind of started kicking in, it was fine. So, um, that, that's awesome, um, advice, you know, when you have to, when you make that leap, like being your own boss and and doing things, you know, basically you telling yourself what to do. Um, it's so in in any field too. Yeah. It's so key to just keep a routine going, you know, like still going to work, still dressing nice, you know, like just keeping your bot, your body and your mind and in your mental state, you know, in a rhythm and a routine is, is so key. Um, if I might've misheard this, but d- did it sound like you were selling for, for two types of people or, or was it just the finished basement people that you no, were selling? So it, I- it sounded like a side hustle. It, it was, well, again, so it was, it was, it was a bad real, um, so it was doing whatever I could to try to just get, busy. Yep. um, and I loved the new construction, and I, I love the new construction side. I like the building of the houses more than I like the selling of the houses. It's just, I've always liked that part. Um, so I was doing traditional real estate with, um, you know, friends, family just any leads i could find um i didn't purchase leads i've always been really tight with my money that way but i did some open houses for agents that had listings and and just because that was my background right i i'm used to people coming to me right coming into my model house so i thought how i can just do open houses for other agents and i did so i tried to get leads that way and i got a couple and it worked out a little bit but Selling the basements was just, it was supplemental because I was, I mean, I was good at it. I'd go there and meet people. And when, when you, when you've talked to thousands and thousands and thousands of people in these model homes, it's pretty easy to just stranger. So you're doing that. They're showing you what they want. And you measure it. And then you go and do all the takeoffs and run all the budgets and write an eight page proposal. And closing rate was tough. Um, Super competitive area. But uh, the, the deal I had set up with that builder was pretty good um, as far as, you know, if I sold a pretty good size package basement, it was worth my time to do it. So it, it was kind of, it, it, it was, it did do that basement stuff and, and sell some of that remodel stuff too, because if I had a, just jumped into that 2010 market, I don't know if I'd have been able to make enough just on real estate back then. It was it was a pretty goal back then. Nathan, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna compliment you. Can I jump um, go ahead. You you first coop. You Can first, I just coop. jump in quick? Okay. Yep. Um I just wanna say, Nathan, that is awesome. Um I I always you know, we bring a lot of people on, on this on this podcast and I always admire the people I admire everybody on this podcast, so I gotta be careful how I say this, but like the fact that you like did something on the side to help you know youth you know through that time i think it's awesome and and 
I also want to add to like when you do get in those positions where you have to be your own boss, I just feel that your brain and your mind start to change, like start to think different, you know, like I, I don't know if, if, if you had a, a nine to five or something, I don't know if it would, the obvious choice would be to like, go get a second job. Right. But if, if right. you're having to be your own boss and like always thinking of different things, different ways, like, Oh, I don't, I just go add this mm-hmm. to supplement, you know? So like, I just want to say that's awesome, man. That's, that's cool. Very, very resourceful. Um, my, my quick question for you is, you know, the real estate market prior to the crash was just booming. I'm sure, I mean, you must've been selling new builds similar to the market now, right? Where they can't really build them fast enough. Um, yeah. but, th- but then the market crashed, you know, what was the ratio of agents, you know, that were in the business to out of the business? Cause I think, I think you might be the youngest agent I know who, you know, had a business before and after the crash. <laughs> um, I, so I wish I knew the numbers, but it plummeted. I like, if I had to take a, if I had to take a guess, I I'd be willing to bet seven licensed agents in Minnesota left the business. Mm. Um, but now we all know how it works with the 90, 10 rule, right? The top 10% do 90% of the business. So right, right. how many of those agents were the ones that were, a, was a side hustle for them and they were doing three and the crash hit, they're like, I'm not paying these renewal fees. doesn't make yeah. sense. So I think a lot of them were, recession. yeah, I think a lot of them just, yeah, exactly. I think a lot of them were so I, yeah, I wish I knew the answer and how many stuck it out, it, but it's, it's surprising because a lot of these rosters on these different real estate. So when you were working for those big nationals, you really got to know the local agents well, because they, they bring you buyers through prospects through, or the you're at least trying to call them on them. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, there's a lot of them that made it. There's a lot of names that I see and I'm like, Oh, I remember when, that person brought a client through a model home of mine and we sold a house to her and it was 2006. Right. Uh, good agents. A lot of there's, you know, I think a lot of agents get, get a lot of agents do a bad job and give the whole group kind of a bad rap, but there is a lot of really outstanding people out there and they made it through, which is great. What makes you keep going, Nathan? Uh, if for me right now, it's, it, it, it again, it's just, I like it. Um, I don't, I don't ever want to be at, in a regular job again. If I'd ever try, I don't think I'd make it. Well, <laughs> what keeps me, I, I mean, I, that's sure. I wouldn't make it. Um, I love, I mean, I love the industry. I'm a, I'm truly a nerd for houses. I've never missed a home inspection for one of my buyers ever. Because, and my home inspector is a guy that he was just starting out too. And he was stuffing mailboxes at our brokerage. I was at Lakes Area Realty. And I used them and I was like, man, this guy knows a ton about houses. And I keep using them. And every time I go to an inspection, I learn about houses. And I love it. And so I, I love, I love the industry for kind of the product more than the dynamics of the industry. I, 
I mean, trust me, closing day is fun because everybody high fives and there's big smiles and, you know, hugs and people are, but it's, it's for me, it's that I found a product that I will not get bored of. Mm. I could not sell insurance. There's nothing on the planet that bores me more. (laughs) (laughs) So there's tons more money than there is in this and I know how to sell stuff but there's no way I could do it because I just to me if you're gonna do something like all the time, you know I don't, I don't care what you do when you grow up just make sure you like it because you got to do a lot of it a lot of it every day years and years, and years so don't do something you don't like like make sure you like it because there, there's a lot of it that you gotta do that's great advice. Yeah. Is that is that something, um, Nathan, that you would tell your 18-year-old self? Um, I always – so I have a hard back. I have a hard time looking back. Um, and it's always because I, I've always been a believer that if, if you like who you are and you're comfortable with who you, who you are and who you become, you shouldn't regret the, how you got here. I made a – bunch of bad decisions in my life tons of them <laughs> some of them are funny some of them but I, I i think what i would tell my 18 year old self is don't worry about it it's gonna work out i so last week in my big project to go through our storage room and thin things out so i'm going through boxes and rearranging and getting rid of stuff i find my yearbook from when i was a senior in high school I flipped through a couple of it. I didn't spend an hour looking at it, but I was reading a couple of things like some friends wrote in it. And I was like, this is how much of a disaster you were back then. I had <laughs> friends going to two different colleges. This is like the last hmm. three days of your year in high school. And there's guys in there writing to go to, you know, playing football up at Crookston. It never worked out that way. And so I was at the very end of my senior year. I didn't even know where I was going to college. No idea. So I think if I had to tell like 18 year old self, anything would be, you're kind of a hot mess, but don't worry about it. Just keep working, keep working and keep your eyes open for opportunity. Awesome. 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 Caleb, you got anything? Yeah, this is, this is going to, just because I know I've known Nathan for a few years now. Um, and Nathan's not, you know, he'll tell me if I'm wrong, but he's not a big rah-rah guy. He's not a big, you know, he wants to work hard, but, you know, as, as we've heard, you know, he's going to do it his way, you know, don't tell him how to prospect. Um, but are there any, whether it's an industry leader or books or like a mastermind group, is there anything you do to keep yourself sharp, to keep yourself motivated, to keep yourself you know, obviously you want to always do the best you can for your clients. What are your go-tos? Uh, accountability group. I, I, I keep an, I, I don't read, um, I don't read any of the, the big wigs. I don't go to the Tom Ferry. Um, but it, it can be hard to have something on your list of things. Yeah, they're a pretty intense list of things for the week, and it's organized by work that needs to get done, marketing over here, new leads over there, at home life, things that I'm 
fill it up diligently every Monday. But what I found was tasks that I just don't like to do. I don't like to prospect and I don't like to do marketing. Um, it'd be on that list four or five weeks in a row. So having an accountability group um, for to, you have to have the right people. You know um, Leanne Peterson very well. Yep. So yep. Leanne and I meet every Monday because, and, and I approached her because I, she's been just crushing it lately, having an awesome couple of years, but she was doing the same thing, talking about things and not getting them done when it came to stuff she didn't like to do. And I was the same, I, I am the same way. Um, so having that list and picking three professional items on there and one at home personal, putting a star next to it and saying, these are the things that absolutely will be done by the time we meet next, next Monday. That's the mm. one I need because otherwise I can just kick, you know, things I like to do, I can kick them down. And, and again, this is, this is a blessing and a curse when you're your own boss, right? This is yeah. the curse. No one's going to fire me for not doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I can't with it if I really want to, right? You put it on the list and you have someone that you are holding yourself accountable to these things. And when you don't do it, it's why didn't you do it? What were you doing instead? Should you have even put that on your list? Just asking dumb, easy questions. But what we both find the, what we both do is we're something on Sunday nights that was like, Hey, sent out all my thank you cards. Like I said, I was going to, and it's 10 o'clock on Sunday night on Monday morning and say, I didn't do it. So that's, that's a big one for me. That's, I I think that's hugely important when you're a business, one person, I think maybe, um, you know, three years is probably, different because you guys have a bigger organization and a different setup where you know for sure you're not going to down the curve because you got other people that are relying on you for stuff but when you're just one person it can be hard to keep keep so yeah i I always say like the you know it's always easiest You're, you're the you're the easiest person to let down you know you'll you'll compromise the most with yourself and yep you know, your, your perspective is interesting because I also have plenty of things I, uh, you know, don't like to do, you know, as a part of this business or any other business. And I, for sure, like send them over to an admin or this and that, but it's funny because it's funny to me because no, no matter how much admin support I have, it always ends up being a couple of those dang things on the list that, you know, you just yep. don't want to do. So, yeah, I think, I think what you're doing with accountability is, is super smart. How, did you come up with that or what inspired you to approach uh, your accountability partner? So it was uh, our agents actually came in and talked to the BH. And this was right after I started. And uh, so Dean talked to the guy, kind of a little business planning and whatever. A little spiel. Yeah. And said, bold. Why we're, you're working for somebody else. Why are you in here telling us this, that this is how to do things? And the guy looked at Dean and he says, cause nobody will do it anyway. He goes, yeah, this accountability group thing that I told you guys to do. He goes, so then Dean and I and Shonda did it. 
because Dean was all fired mm. up after that. You know, don't tell me what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe maybe that was the plan the whole time. He got him. It's, he he got, got him. <laughs> so it was Dean's idea, and him and I and Shonda did it for probably two years. Um, you know, we quit going to that Edina office space, and then Shonda slowly kind of went her way. You know, getting a nine to five, which is a she's got a sweet gig. But um, so I didn't have it for a while and I did. And then, Mm. you know, I kind of have been getting closer with Leanne within just the business and, you know, our friendships can better the last handful of years. And so we now about a year and a half and it, it works. That's awesome. It works or why it works. I was done with my CE this year before March. Wow. That never happens. What, what's that? What's CE? Continuing, continuing education. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. It's the worst, Cooper. 15 credits. Oh. It's, it's pretty bad. It's 15 credits <laughs> a year, 15 hours oh. a year. And uh, it's, it's, they get to pick what about three hours of pretty dry. And your, 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 your choice selection for the other 12 isn't, isn't too thick either. You know, no. you had like, you had a library where you're, you have to read eight books and there's 12 on the shelf. You know, so yeah. it's, <laughs> that's it, well, really because we haven't been able to do the classes in person lately. That's, yeah, that's how you know it works. I'm usually that we have to have it done by I think it's mid June or something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm usually that you know guy that's sitting there on a beautiful day reading on my laptop in June. So it works. That's Joey too, by the way, Chica. Just so you know, last he minute. usually just powers it out the last week and every year. He's like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do that again. again. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I've done it that I've done did it that way for like 18 years, and this year, accountability list: two hours this week, two hours the next week, two just powered. That's awesome. Great. Awesome. Cool. What else you got, Coop? Man, that's that's it, man. I mean, I this was great, Caleb. Uh, I think we hit all of our we hit all of our questions, man. Nathan, you have, I mean, I know you, but I still, I, I still was able to learn from your story. So I, you know, I just appreciate you giving us the time sharing. Cool. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, you knew I wasn't gonna be super gung ho about something like this, so I appreciate you getting me out of, out of my comfort zone. I had to approach you very carefully. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. No, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll buy you a beer. I owe you a beer. Love it. Cool, cool, cool. Nathan, um, if our audience wants to uh, see what you're doing or reach out to you, where's the best uh, place? If they if they need a good new home agent as well, <laughs> best in the business, where where do they find you? Oh, I lose you guys. No, here I can hear you now. Right. Yeah, Nathan, I can hear you. Yep. com. Boom. Easy enough. Love it. Love yep. it. Awesome. All right. Sweet. Well, another great episode. Thank you, Nathan. Another great episode. Caleb Gr- Carlson. That was a good episode. a couple little gems in there. Um, episode 84. Episode 84. A couple good gems in there for sure. Well, what were. Uh, what did you like? Man, um bro, uh where do I start? Um the accountability group and partner. Um 
powerful stuff, man. Like, it's always different when you have to go tell somebody or report to somebody your activities from the previous week. Um, I know Caleb and I, we have a monthly book club and we That's always a great drop example. That's a great we example. Always, we, we, so first of all, it's, Hey, did you finish the book? You know, and I don't think we've not finished the book because we've dropped an ep on time every Monday, 3.40 a.m. Uh, but it's like, the you know, if it gets that last week, like, it's just that's that's all I'm doing. I'm sure that's what Caleb doing. But, like, we we can't not have a podcast. <laughs> right. Until we both decide, hey, you know, enough's enough. Yeah. But, but there are... I've probably read twice the amount of books than I would have, you know, if not for you and I saying, Hey, we're going to read a book every month. Oh, for sure. Easy, easily. And, it, and it, it's not even like, you know, it's not like we don't, you know, before the book club, it's not like we didn't read, but like being consistent, Life happens. Like, yep. yeah, but, but being consistent with it, like every month, at least one book read, Otherwise, I got to tell Caleb we can't do the podcast or vice versa. It's not cool. It's not cool. Um, so so it's if you don't have one, like, please get one. Um, like, because, you know, like you, Caleb brought it up that um, you are the easiest person to let you down. I think that's what you said, that it's yeah. easier to let yourself down, you know. Um, yeah, you're so, yeah. the easiest person to let down. Yep. And, uh, my other point was, um, man, dude, how, anytime I hear someone taking up a side hustle or a side gig uh, to supplement, that just speaks to me, bro. That, that tells me that someone that is highly, highly motivated and that's willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Um, you know, I'm not, and I'm not saying that if you don't have a side hustle, um, you're not motivated i just you just got to be a different type of person to like know you have to go get a second job or get a second job or choose to go get a second job to help with whatever you got going on it just takes a, a different level of thought to uh it's so that i thought that was that was pretty big like you know this just how how bad do you want to hit your goals or or hit your whatever your goal is, your mission, your vision in life, like, are you willing to go pick up that second job for a little bit? Um, and it's such a short period, right? Like, you know, and maybe some people still have a second job, but, you know, speaking in Nathan's instance here, like he looks back, like you look back on his life, that time he had to have that, you know, selling those finished basements at the time probably sucked. I mean, you know, well, maybe not for him. He probably liked it. He's, you know, but like most people would say it sucked to have a go like, get a second job. But then you look back when you're like 40, 50 years old. That's like what? Not even 1%, maybe 1% of your life, maybe mm -hmm. 2%, maybe, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, that was great. That was great. And, and, uh, sorry, third thing. Um, and a few people have hit on this, but like, the whole 18 year old self, man, like when people come on here and say, um, hey, you don't need to have it all figured out yet. 
going like against the green, bro. Yeah, it's kind of something you need to tell yourself every year. You every know? year, yeah. But, eight, but uh, eight, 18 is like just like the year you remember. You know, there's just so much yeah. change that happens in your life that year. But you're so, but but it's also I feel like when you're 18, like you like you don't really you're so molded and influenced. I feel like when you're 18, like and you might not yeah. even know it, but you but you feel like you have to do this or you have to go to college or you have to be this way right like that's just my thought bro yeah no i don't know I, no arguments for me what did uh <laughs> what did uh what did you get from it um super super just cool and wise guy like very smart um i always learned i learned a lot from him when i was new Um, so I appreciated, you know, spending time around him, but from today's episode, um, real, real, the real quick one is, you know, what he's been telling his sons is, you know, whatever you want to do, just make sure you really like it. You know, like that's, that's a great point because, you know, so many people do so many things because they have to, not because they really like it. And I don't think that's a bad thing to shoot for wanting to do something that you enjoy, you know? Um, yeah, it's okay if you have a period in your life where you need to do the side hustle for a while to your point, but, you know, try to focus and grow what you like to do every day. And then, um, something that I think relates to anyone in business and also anyone who's like really successful or brand new is when he was saying, make sure you go to work every day, dress the part, Mm -hmm. look the part. Um, that's something like, right now I'm really close to being on pace to, you know, have my best year ever in real estate. And there's been plenty of days this year where I have just busted my butt, but there's been some days where I haven't done anything and and it's okay to rest, but it's, it just was really, I really resonated, you know, just hearing it like, you know, be a professional, you know, do a little bit every day, do something, work on your business, you know? work on your business, not in your business. That's, those are my, uh, those are my gems, but you know, this, I, I enjoyed the interview. Yeah. Great. That was great. Um, episode 84. Episode 84, please, um, rate, subscribe, leave a review. Um, we're in construction now at Mahana Fresh. Um, I'm still debating on when we need to drop that episode, bro. I like, I, I don't know. Why don't, let's why, talk, don't you, let's why don't, why don't you drop it? Uh, I, when, when I, the store geos, I, I do know it needs to be like, on the loudest week of what we got going. <laughs> do it do it when the store grand opens. That's my vote. Oh, you I, I know that's def, def, that's definitely one of the ideas for sure. That's definitely one of the ideas for sure. Anyways, you guys will know very soon what we're talking about. <laughs> Poop loves his secrets, so this is good. <laughs> I, well, I gotta you, remember it's a secret. Are you are you doing the interview? Are you gonna interview me? Yeah, yeah. Or should we, or should we have like another person in on this? Um, 
I said we have Lindsay be on in it. Oh, that would be great. Um, I think Lindsay can be in on it because the nice thing about Lindsay is she's going to keep you accountable. She's going to kind of cut out a lot of the fluff and tell you to get to the point. <laughs> so let's have Lindsay on and she can assist me and I'll interview you. Okay. Sounds good. All right, bro. Love it. See you next week, everybody. See you next week.